0: Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek Hey this is Matt Lesher This is Phil Lamar Hey
1: this is Rob Taylor, A.K.A. the opinion You are listening to Geek Vibes Live here we go. Hello, hello. Welcome to a, another exciting episode of Geek Vibes Live Interview. As always, I am your host, Tia, and today we're going to be bringing on a really exciting guest. He is a part of the hit HBO series Ballers, London Brown. So we're going to wait for him to come on in just a second, but let's just talk for a moment about how popular HBO is and the amazing shows that they continue to just feed out to us. Um, Not only do we have the show Ballers, which stars Dwayne Johnson himself, it's kind of amazing to think about if you have been a fan since way back of the transformation and the journey that uh mr johnson has certainly gone through from being just the rock on wwe i mean uh i'm kind of kind of aging myself right now i mean I'm not old, I don't know why I just said that. I'm 28, but I was literally in third grade or fourth grade trying to do the eyebrow thing from The Rock, and now he has successfully made the transition from WWE actor to movie star, TV show star. I mean, he brings in just so much to the table, and to have him now, it's been four seasons of Ballers, and it's just going to be really great, and I'm going to stop talking about that because we have London Brown on. Thank you for being with us, London. No, thanks for having me. I
0: appreciate it. I appreciate it.
1: Of course. I was just saying how uh, HBO just seems to uh, shuffle out one hit show after the other, and you are part of this show that has been on for four seasons and is very popular, and I just need to know, I mean, how is it being on a show of that caliber?
0: Um, well, first, the opportunity is really dope because, again, just the respect that HBO has um, and, you know, just being known for their good programming. And I think to what you are saying, like how they keep, you know, dropping these. Uh, really dope shows. I think because they really are uh, really meticulous and, and idiosyncratic about how about the process, meaning making sure they got the right DP's, making sure um, the writers are locked in and, and, and solid, making sure the the actors are solid. So when you got all those components um, at their best working together, then they're able to produce really high end uh, programming. And I think that, um, and because of that, I'm grateful enough that they were able to see something within me and say, yo, he matches the standard that we have over here at HBO. And so uh, that makes it really cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, And I really just appreciate what HBO does. And I would love to kind of, you know, how did you get, really involved in the show? I mean, did you originally go out and look for this, or did your agent kind of present you with this role? How really did you get involved with Ballers? Um,
0: with me at the time, I didn't even have any representation of any kind. Uh, no managers, agents, publishers, anything. So I got a call from um, a writer, and um he just basically just gave me he just said, Yo man, they're looking for you. Have you auditioned for balls yet? And I was like, No nah. And so I he sent over my information or I got connected us and I went to, went into audition uh summer of t- uh, twenty fourteen and um that process was I think maybe it was like seven something callbacks and it lasted between August to I didn't get the offer until like October and so they, it was just a process, man, and um, a lot of guys that, I, I mean, I was going to the audition, I'm running to heavyset guys, because obviously the character name is Fat Reggie, but they wasn't locked in to, uh, to the character yet, and, and, and ideally that's our job as actors, to go in and bring these characters, characters to life and show casting, uh, let them, we reveal to them who these characters are, and so Uh, Yeah, just went in and called back, called back, and I was really, really hoarse that particular first audition because at the time I was working as a dancer, so I was just no sleep. My voice was gone, but they were able to kind of, you know, make out whatever it was I was saying under a hoarse voice, and they uh, had me come back in, and that was that's that story, man. But they were they were really good in there, man.
1: Oh wow! I you probably been was sorry you probably were so nervous between August and October waiting for that call back. You know what? Uh, this was this
0: is where I was with that whole thing. Where, like, staying with that. And this is not to sound super deep, but I really just I kept um, I had a lot of faith going into that project, and so it allowed what that unwavering faith did for me is it allowed me to keep a sense of peace which uh, gave me the calmness. My whole thing was just to go into the audition and just be really, and just be very prepared and take the notes, make the adjustments as they were coming to me, and in the meantime, throughout that two, throughout those two months, if there was any doubt that was trying to interrupt my focus, I just let it go, and that's 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 all I did. I, I didn't even focus on that or not getting it or if impossible. I just like yo, I got the part, I got the part, I got the parts. And but now, of course, in the natural sense, you know, and there are times where I was like, man, they got quiet on me for like two weeks. I didn't hear anything. Um, I was like, yo, let me just stay focused on, you know. On working the clubs, or whatever. And at the time, I was I had a little after school job that I was teaching that paid I don't know fifteen bucks or something an hour, but I was only there for maybe two hours. So I was just on the grind and keeping focused, man. So um, I guess that paid off. That worked.
1: Yeah, you got to do what you got to do while you're waiting for that. And clearly, it was it was just meant to be. You know, I think
0: so. I mean, because honestly, too, I'm, there's nothing about me that is overweight, and you know, the character name is Fat Reggie, and you know, it, it worked. It really just kind of worked out. Um, even with I was only supposed to be recurring, meaning just in a couple episodes and so forth. And during the audition process, they decided to make him um, one of the stars of the, of the show. Um, so there's a lot of different things. Like I said, we, there was I was so not supposed to be in there that they were writing my lines while we were on set. We were coming up with stuff, and I improvised, and they were keeping my choices, and they were writing stuff and twisting stuff around. So it really kind of worked out. And even with being the antagonist for season one, I don't think there was that was quite written that way. But we were able to find that that happy place between. Um, between Spencer and Reggie, where we was like, oh, okay, well, London can, you know, take a couple of shots. Uh, and Dwayne was cool. We spoke, and we just kind of he just let me be, and he he did he play off me, play off each other, and it, and it kind of worked out that way. Um, fortunately, uh, that was a, a pretty good look for me for an unfamiliar face, you know, being a part of HBO.
1: Right, and. And you mentioned that obviously the character was supposed to be heavy set at some point, and then you came in and they had to adjust. Besides that aspect of the character, was there really anything else that they had originally planned for the character that kind of shifted with your own flair being added into it? I think initially, I
0: don't think Reggie. I don't think we. I don't think anyone anticipated Reggie being as, if you will, hated um, as much mm-hmm. because, um, again, he was supposed to be a side idea, just a, just a, you know, in cases like that sometimes will happen where, you know, you are book a role and you're just supposed to be, quote unquote, um, the best friend. But I really didn't want to just be the best friend because there's a lot of talented people on the show or or not or but rather and they have these extensive resumes. So for me, I was just trying to using my training from theater, I just wanted to make sure that I can play Reggie big enough at least for screen so that he didn't get lost. So even if he was gonna even if they had the character as kinda, you know, a little uh probably had him just as a best friend who grew up in the hood. I was like, how can we make this character, give him some other layers, um, create some insecurities within him? And that's why he would talk as slick as he did to Spencer because he felt possibly threatened by Spencer. Yet we had another side where he was looking out for his boy. But at the same time, there was another layer where we said, well, let's create some some things where he kind of is a little irresponsible. Maybe not as much as we thought when we you know, on paper. But, you know, uh, even that, if you know, I think that coming from being a dancer, if you throughout the, the season um, throughout the seasons you'll catch Reggie doing a little a cha cha move here and there or he'll do a uh some sort of there's some dancing. So for me I've always tried to incorporate me as a person and the things that I do into the character. Now people ask me you know, am I really like Reggie? I'm not like Reggie, but I understand people like Reggie because of the industry I'm in and having friends who are athletes. You always have that guy around. Um, and so, but, it, you know, honestly, too, from out, throughout season one to season four, if people really follow Reggie, they'll see that even if they didn't understand all the layers in season one, if they go from season one to season four, They'll be able to see a stratum of things that make Reggie. Now people feel like, oh man, now we like him. But that's what characters are supposed to do. If if you're fortunate, you know, fortunate enough to where they want to keep you around, you know, then you know they gave me um, some space to grow, you know, for Reggie to grow and develop and mature. And so that kind of actually worked out in my favor.
1: And did you have? Um any sort of influence on Reggie's storyline throughout the seasons, or was it really the writers as they were seeing how the story was going, the reception from the public, or did you get any input on that?
0: Uh, I think there was – there were conversations. We we definitely had conversations just trying to figure out, like, between where Reggie might have grown up, the kind of language that Reggie would use. Um. And I still, you know, even with that, even the way the way Reggie dresses, and they're really cool for that because I don't know if they knew I did stand up initially, um, but I think when they decided to for season two pair Fat Reggie up with uh, with Joe Crutell played by Rob Cordry, they were able to see that comedically we were we played well off of each other because I think he he, he comes from stand up as well. So we were able to kind of – some scenes, I'll play the straight guy and then set him up for the punch, or he'll play the straight guy and set me up for the punch. And so I think people just like the the interesting dichotomy between the two characters. And also in season two, they let us kind of get physical or let Reggie get physical dealing with the alpaca and chasing that around and and all of that stuff. So I think that it was definitely a collaboration or – whatever they had on paper they gave me the freedom to explore and improvise uh throughout the scenes and you know so that we it would again create some more layers to Reggie so that was really you know dope on their end for to trust me to do it and the directors and so forth
1: Yeah that's always great when there's a good relationship between actor director writer co-stars um Right right And how how must it have been, like, still working with Dwayne Johnson, someone who has been on everyone's TV screens for so long?
0: You know, I think that because he's so cool and so humble and works hard, the all the energy I think that that's created, created on the set definitely is a reflection of Dwayne. Because Dwayne could come to set, you know, and not speak to anybody, and I don't think anybody, would actually even mind because we say, yo, he's the biggest star, we just will respect his space, but it makes it that much more of a delight uh, to come to set, because he doesn't have any type of ego, he's coming in there, speaks to people, to everyone, and you know, we respect his space because, of course, he's Dwayne Johnson, so we're not just you know, hanging out and sending tweets to each other. But respect his space, but he's always really, really cool. And that creates a whole atmosphere from directors, producers, all the way down to the guy, to the crew, to, um, you know, craft services and and everyone. So that's one of those things where I think he's just a really great example, um, you know, of of just – how to still just keep it really grounded down to earth. Because sometimes, at least for me, sometimes I will forget how, I forget his magnitude. Because when we're on set, it's just, for, you know, it'll be a scene with just he and I and the crew and we're off, we'll have an office scene or whatever it was. And then you see him, he'll leave and you know, he speaks and he's out of there. And then you go to his Instagram and you see he has over 126 million followers and he's on a flight to Japan to promote this movie and he just left us and you like yo this guy's on a on a whole nother level but he's so grounded to where you just for a second you just kind of feel like he he only knows you and the other people in that room for those for those hours or what not and that's a really you know great thing to have
1: yeah that has to be so um welcoming as an actor because you hear these stories of people who are on set and maybe one actor has a bit of an ego and maybe things are kind of tense around the set so it must be really um, a great feeling to be on this show that has gained the popularity that it has and have it be this good experience along with it. Yeah, I mean it's just um, it just makes the job It just makes the
0: job, again, a lot of people don't like what they do. And they don't like waking up and going to, you know, work or whatever they do. But that's one of those major keys of of happiness. There are a few things, but two, you know, know, do we like who we come home to? But the other one um, is do we like what we do for a living? And so even though the call times may be sometimes 5 in the morning, you know, 6 a.m. or what have you, it's it, we don't at least for me I don't mind getting up that early because I know the atmosphere I'm about to attend is welcoming and and it just it, it, again it just allows us as artists to just focus on the work. It'd be a lot. It'd be a different a different show if every time we you know the, the actors had to worry about you know the weird energy. I mean as an act it's already a lot of it's already a a lot of work just to do to do the scenes. Uh the concentration that it takes to just do that and be moment to moment, present to present and acting and reacting. That is enough to focus on. So anything else can just cause an interference. So it's good that, you know, at least for me, I don't have any interferences there. I'm always really excited.
1: And that's really awesome to hear. And I don't mean to get maybe too deep, but how would you say that being on a show like Ballers has kind of changed your life your career um from where it was in season one to where it is now
0: um simply put it just allowed me <clears throat> allowed me to live in in the sense that like as an like acting is like an incredible temp job like you work when you work. And so for me, uh, this is like my second T V show. I did a first my first TV show called The Hustle on Fuse. Uh shout out to Princess Penny and the cast. Um, that we were you know, we worked together on that. But so coming from a show like that, that was a great a launch pad because I was coming from theater so the first T V show kinda of set me up to understand the mechanics of just working television. So that by the time Ballers came around, you know my confidence was up as an actor. I then knew that I could actually do this thing called acting, and also my knowing what to do on camera and how to play the camera got all those little kinks got pressed out when I did the first TV show. So, like I said, by the time Ballers came around, I was ready, and to be set up on, in a position with Ballers, one in very credible a credible network with incredible actors that has influenced the way I move about in the auditions that I do today. And then on a a more on a a practical financial side of it, it just allowed me to get off my friends' couches. You know, I would stand with my friends or even I had all my stuff in my mom's garage, you know, whatever lights stuff I had with the clothes, shoes, and, uh, some artwork, you know, that I had there, and so ball just allowed me to just kind of actually start living, as we say Because before ball, I was kind of feeling like you're just kind of gigging it, and I'm a little, I have school program job, and then I was doing stand up. I wasn't really getting paid. You don't get there's no money locally. Not you have to you know get on the word on the road and work. Fortunately, shout out to Chris Tucker who allowed me right before Ballers, I was touring with him as his opener. Oh, wow. And so I'm just, I was really just kind of surviving and, you know, keeping this thing called faith because that's all I really had, you know, and, and even after the first TV show, my friend was like, yo, you're on a TV show. What are you doing still working at an after school program and doing this community youth programs and these kind of things? But, I tell people all the time, you're not on until you're on. So I worked that job until I physically couldn't do it because I had to relocate, shoot ball the first two. And so now I like the fact that I am comfortable enough to to the point where I can just really focus on being an artist and uh, create an opportunity so that the people around me can also financially uh, get some help if you will. And that's really what I like about where I am now, just being able to help those um around me. And if I can do that then, you know, it it allows me to, to to keep living because at the end of the day, I mean, being on the show is great and being financially stable is cool, but it's not about it's not about me just getting and just to be getting, I'm supposed to give, give even more. So and um, so if it's if I'm not doing that, then something is wrong. And that's not just to be naive and to say anybody who's asking, I'm just handing out. But no, just making sure that I remember that is not about me. And um, the more I, I get, I try to give and be a kinder person. That's the least I can do for being in the position that I'm in. So um, that's my way of trying to keep it all balanced.
1: Yeah, and that's an an incredibly humble um, outlook on it that is appreciated from people who watch these shows when actors can approach um, life and their career in a humble notion like you have just now.
0: I think well, you know. I think when people understand the people who are doing well or whatever it is, or let me not well, let me not speak for people. Let me just say for me, my thought is our gifts are not for us. So I'm supposed to whatever I, these gifts I have, I'm supposed to give them away. And I also realized that I didn't I didn't create these gifts within myself. How? Of agonizing is it of me to feel like I got here by myself that that nothing about that even to me doesn't even make sense, even if I auditioned and I was in the room by myself, even if I worked on the lines, let's just say if I did all this just in the in the in the dark basement someplace like there's still there's still a team of people I know who are sending positive vibes my way who prayed for me, who my friends who let me stay on their couch or who my, you know, some days, man, I remember I would be so hungry. I would just, I would post. I'm like, yo, I'm hungry. Who got something to eat? What's going on? And somebody said, yo, man, come through. I got, I'll meet you at the club and they will bring me a plate of food. Now I'm not saying I was poor and I was, you know, staying on the streets. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that financially, I was getting through, you know, paying a couple bills, you know, car note, because I need a car, and then trying to help whoever I could help, you know, but just with times where I was like, yo, who can look out? And my friends will look out. So I don't forget none of that, and I understand that I wouldn't even have these gifts if God didn't give them to me. So the analogy I like to compare it to is who drives around flossing in a rental car? It's not yours. And so to, to, to be flossing in a rental car doesn't make any sense to me. And I feel our gifts are the same way. They're not mine. I'm just grateful enough to have the ability to do the things. So the least I can do is exhaust the possibilities of them so I don't be wasting my time or these gifts. Because I could have been, and, and this is no disrespect, but I could have been London the mechanic. I'm sure it would have been a really good mechanic and a focused mechanic and a very kind one and thorough but that's not what I was placed on the earth to do. So for me, to to be given the art, you know, I can't I, – I don't know what I would do if I couldn't do art. I, I don't know. I've tried doing things that weren't artistic, and they didn't work out. I got fired. I don't know how to do them. That's not my thing. I'm an artist. And so I appreciate being, you know, being able to do these things, so. Absolutely, I I'm sorry. i I said I try not to be too verbose with my replies. So you just stop me anytime because I get really passionate about <laughs> about this stuff.
1: No, no, no. And I appreciate the passion completely. That's, um, as I said, humble and um, refreshing to hear. Just because, uh, as you said. This is an art, and you're doing it, and you're fortunate, and it's maybe not everybody could do it, and then there's the people who would like to do it, and they're not getting the opportunities to do it so um glad I completely you. appreciate the passion um and your responses
0: oh awesome man i'm glad I'm glad you get it. I'm glad you get it.
1: Do you think that now being where you are? That you would return to theater or stand up?
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, I do stand up regularly now. I'm in the clubs, you know, as, as often as I can be. And in fact, I'm touring right now, um, and I got a show. Uh, shows coming up, but yeah, so I'm, I'm on the road right now. And so, and with theater, I, I, I gotta. Um, I definitely will continue to do theater. I, I like theater, and the. It's just such a such a live experience to just kind of you. It ain't like film where you get to kind of go back and redo. Once that train takes off, it's moving, and I think that's just a that's just a good skill to always kind of hone and keep tight under your belt. Um, and you know, th- theater just reminds you of why you do this thing called acting, and why you and why you should always continue to study. You know, uh, the stage is very honest. And that's why I like stand up because it's it's very honest it's, when I'm doing stand up the people don't care about they don't care about you know so much about me being on ballers and none of that stuff really matters at the end of the day. I'm up there forty five minutes to an hour i gotta I gotta deliver that stuff, and so um, I appreciate the rawness of, of doing stand up
1: well nice, and um it's really cool to hear that. You're touring right now. Where are you right now that people could find you to go see your shows? Uh, they can follow me on social media at
0: reallendonbrown my Instagram, and I'm always posting dates and, and different things like that. So um, they'll catch me there and they'll find out what cities I'm hitting up next.
1: Nice. And I was reading that Ballers is renewed, though, for a fifth season is there anything that you can tell us that we should expect from the fifth season that we can expect um, with Reggie?
0: Well, you know what? I, of course, you haven't gotten the scripts yet, but from what I'd like to project is that we're going to see, again, I think people are going to continue to um, embrace Reggie and see uh, some comedic things going on and his maturity just growing in the financial field. And I think from, how, from what I've been hearing, how the season ended, excuse me, how the season ended, we're going to go back from not so much the skateboard or the extreme sports idea, but I think we're going to try to venture back to football and get back to some of the original concepts of of the show. But I'm actually, and of course, they're going to have, um, as the show grows, so does the cameos and people who want to make their appearances on the show. So I know they're going to have some fun appearances and uh, hopefully we get Reggie in some suits this season. I'd be cool. london likes suits. So it'd be cool if we can just get Reggie out of, you know, the big shirts and get him into some tailored suits and see another grown and really see a transformation with Reggie. That's what I like personally. Um, But I never know. The writers are really dope, and so they always find creative ways to keep uh, fans interested.
1: Oh, well, then if – Anyone who has anything to do with ballers is listening. Let's get London in some suits as Reggie.
0: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Come on, man. Let's get him in some nice, clean fedoras and get him. <laughs> I'm talking about casual, 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 casual out. So uh, I'll be ready. But either way, I'm, I'm I'm trying to be, you know, make sure I'm I'm set, physically fit, and ready to go uh, going into this fifth season. So we
1: oh, see. That's fantastic. Um, London, before I let you go, is there anything that you would like to promote besides um I know that you're doing your stand up right now. Are you in any other projects that we should look forward to?
0: Yeah, there's uh there's some some films coming up that I worked on. One's called um, Back to the Good Life and that's starring um that's um Tyler Pratt, Estelle the singer. Um, and this is with produced by the Tate brothers. Uh, if you don't know the Tate brothers, you should know Lorenz Tate out there, listeners. And it's just he, he and his brother got a production company, and they produced this film called "Back to the Good Life." And um, I'm in this, and I play. Me and Kyla are uh, leading this project. I'm the male uh, lead, a uh, lead male, and so it's it's a fun, you know romantic comedy totally different from Reggie and I know some people, you know, they think I'm like Reggie. I'm like I'm not Reggie, but here, come look at this other these other things and you can see some other fun sides of, of who I am. And but um that should be pretty good man and I'm working on this book uh of my of photography and some of those proceeds gonna be used to help, you know, the homeless. And I really just wanna do something, you know, um I feel like the homeless people, too, man, and I'm in L.A., so I run into homeless people all the time, and it's just so many people out there that aren't doing so well. So if I can use uh, some of the proceeds from the book that I'm working on to help them, then this is just another way to keep myself nice and balanced and remember that it's not about me. Um, and so, yeah, and then, I mean, and then on the fashion side of things, there might be some... Some talks of some things going into fashion, you know, so I will hopefully get to come back and talk to you about that stuff, but it's all it's all kinda I'm just keeping my my head down and focused,
1: oh, awesome, I'm really looking forward to those projects that you have. I'm really happy to hear that you're um going to use proceeds for charity. Anything that you want to come back and promote or you want us to promote on social media, I would be more than happy to help out with that. Um, just really great work that it seems like you're going to be involved in.
0: Awesome. I I, really, I I appreciate that. Absolutely.
1: Well, thank you so much again, London, for joining us. Again, this is Geek Vibes Live Interview. Speaking with London Brown of Ballers and many other things. Thank you again for taking the time to even speak with me today.
0: Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you kindly.
1: Thank you. Have a great day.
0: You too. You too.